Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Emma, can you believe us? Yes. It's episode 100. Good Lord. I know. Where has that two years gone? Two years, Judy. What the fuck have we been doing? Well, I feel I feel like I've done a lot because I found yeah. I basically decided that Fred was going to be my boyfriend around the same time that we were launching the podcast. So I feel like there's it's just it's, yeah, because it was twenty five months ago. I informed him yesterday, and then I reminded him that I asked him out initially, of course, and definitely was the pursuer. And he agreed. He was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, really? de- definitely. Oh, yes, definitely. I thought I... he asked you to ask to meet up for a coffee or something. And I was like, no, right, so listen, no. He had said, if you're ever in Galway. And then I was like, oh, no, I don't think I don't think I'm going to be in Galway for ages. And then yeah. I pretended I was going to be in Galway and said, oh, you won't believe this, but I'm actually going to be in Galway. So he was forced then into going oh, on the date, okay. but I had orchestrated the whole thing. And then do you remember I went on the coffee date and I was like, does it sound like me at all? But he had said to me when we did the gig together, if you're ever passing through Galway, I mean, right. who's passing through Galway? Yeah, well, like, like where was she going after Galway? Like maybe if you're going to the Aran Islands, you might be <laughs> passing through Galway. So then we went, remember we went to the lunch date and like it was just, you know, obviously it was pure cash. It was the middle of the day. And then I decided, that was when I decided, okay, because that wasn't really a date. You know, it was just like coffee or whatever. So I was like, yeah. no, now, now the date must happen. So then I just went into like aggressor mode. And look, here we are. That's mad. Up to 90, up to 90, up to 90 with Emma and Julie. Oh, yeah. New Year's. I know. So I think, you know, poor Fred's approach to casual coffee was not my approach. And then I was just really, pardon the pun, but I took the bull by the horns and I said, no, like this is happening. And now we're going to go on a proper date. And P.S. I've already changed my relationship status on Facebook, just so you know. (laughs) And I'm off the pill. I love it. Should we were never on the pill, Emma? Come on, let's get real. Uh, wink, 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 wink. And so, episode one hundred, and the moral of the story when it comes to boy meets girl, girl meets boy, is there's nothing wrong with I feel being the active participant. I spent a long time with friends in my ears saying things like, "If you like, if he likes you, you'll know about it." But I don't uh, know because Fred was very bad at the texting initially. I think most fellas are, or like, you know, yeah. you cover three topics and they'll only ever reply to one. Yes. I mean, you yeah. can't, with, with any man, even if it's, you know, you're asking the plumber, okay, sorry, I shouldn't have used plumber. You're asking the electrician questions. It just has to be what time and then the next message, what day, you know, it, like, it's just, they're different. They're different. They are. They're 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 just a different beast, aren't they? Really. So I always think, you know, the I think the the um, relationship I have with up to ninety, it's kind of runs concurrent to my relationship with Fred. So we're now at episode one hundred. 
baby freely is pending. We're on lockdown. We got here. It's insane. Two years. God, a lot has happened in the two years, hasn't it? I think so. An awful lot. Like this time last year, myself and Fred, do you remember the um, RT News report that we were engaged? (laughs) It was, this is the anniversary of my engagement and nobody's talking about it. No one's talking. What's going on? Fucking vote. Yeah, so I feel a lot has kind of happened in the two years, but I, at the same time, I can't believe it's episode 100. A few people messaged me and they were like, it's not actually episode 100, is it? And I was like, it certainly is. We've done well, Ems, to be honest. I know. I mean, everyone, everyone has a podcast now. I know, not like we were the first people ever to have a podcast, but we definitely got in there just before everyone had a podcast. I mean, I think I would say us and Joe Rogan. Like, I would think we were the pioneers of this media. Yeah, like, you know, a couple of weeks here or there, but I think it was basically around the same time, wasn't it? Yeah, I think basically, I think what I know, I do agree, Emma, I feel um, now, you know, there has been a spate of people announcing that they're launching their own podcast soon. And I just think, no, like we were, that is so 2018. It is now 2018. God, us and Joe. It's basically the same podcast, really, isn't it? Same demographic. Format, sense the humour. I I think, yeah. like, he Traffic. talks a lot. Yeah, he talks a lot about trapping men as well, actually. He <laughs> <laughs> fucking does. Will we announce our special topic? We already have, but yeah, we said we are, just yeah. for the special episode... How could we not talk about our queen? Oprah. Oprah. It's Oprah. You get a car. You get a car. Oh, do you know what? I actually said to myself, how many minutes in before she says her line, you get a car? (laughs) I just, okay. First off, one of my favorite things about Oprah and I think this is the same for a lot of Irish people. It really was our first introduction to American TV audiences going absolutely fucking apeshit, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that, you know, when you compare it to like the late, late show audience and, you know, Gay Byrne would be, <laughs> there'd be a tin of quality street and Gay Byrne would be talking you through all the different flavours. And then everyone, you know, does the civilised clap when he says, and yeah. there's one for everyone in the audience. Like, it just, we could not compare that to the level of hysteria yeah. in an Oprah Winfrey audience. I looked it up today, right? In Ireland, there has, uh, there's only ever been 25 standing ovations and 19 of them have been in the last two years. That's well, I think given that we spent so long repressing emotions sexuality, family secrets. I think it's no surprise that we're slow to stand up. Sure, even now, like, I'm always the last to stand because I'm like, are we doing this? Are we? Oh, isn't it? It's like, oh, we're doing it now, are we? Oh, fuck. And the worst is, you know, when you're with the person who has started the standing ovation, you're like, sorry, but we didn't, we didn't talk about this. No. Here you are, just standing up of your own volition. I know that's weird, isn't it? That's something wrong there. It's a bit first aid, or isn't it? <laughs> first aid instructor. Yeah, maybe they no first aid instructor definitely is the first to do the standing ovation, and they're definitely the first to like sing. Um, what's the rugby one? Ireland, Ireland oh. together. Standing tall. They talk about people being ledges and seshes and stuff. And high now. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. D, are D four is more likely to stand? Uh, yeah, but it depends what it would be. But yeah. Um. Yeah, but I do think with Oprah Winfrey, the level of hysteria in the audience was insane. Yeah. I mean, to be fair though, if you were getting a car. Ah, yeah, well, that one's that one's fine, but they 
I think it was when the celebrity guests, because no, what? Tell me about some episodes that you like. Well, I mean, like is such a strong word. I mean, I what I loved. It wasn't for me. It wasn't never the celebrity stuff. Like I wanted to watch the episodes where they interview the seven cheating husbands. Um, Yeah, like I I want I liked the episodes where because I think the thing that I really loved about Oprah and probably I say one of the things that we all loved about Oprah was she was just so emotional. Like there was no, you know what I mean? Like there was no filter there. So I really loved when she was meeting people with like the terrible stories. Like, I mean, I'd say celebrity wise, and it's such an obvious one, but I mean, Tom Cruise on the couch. Oh, Tom on the couch. Yeah. And Oprah's like, what the fuck is happening? Like it was so bizarre. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? But her There's... response, I'd say she was like, what the fuck? That really was a good one. Yeah, I, so I, I'd be the same as you. One that I did uh, like, that's a fairly old one. And they used to be really into this kind of thing and you don't really see it as much. They interviewed Madonna's sister. See oh, that one? no. They interviewed Madonna's sister. And do you remember back in the day, this was a thing where we, we wanted to meet the celebrities' siblings, Yes, we're not we're not as interested in that anymore because do you remember it'd be like you get a picture of Gwen or Cameron Diaz and her sister and I'd be like oh she looks same they're like but she's just like shorter and chubbier and you're like oh fucking that must have been a nightmare for her growing up with Cameron as her like her big sister or whatever but they had Madonna's sister on and um. Looked quite like her, like had the jaw and the nose and everything, like, you know, straight off. You're like, oh, yeah, that's Steph Madonna's sister. But um, the personality, um, I don't know what happened that 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 got lost in the post anyway. But she was a bit uh, she was a bit pissed off about being Madonna's sister and it was like talking about oh it being Oh my god, her. I can't believe I never watched this. Yeah, it's it's kind but of I don't I don't think any of us are surprised that you wouldn't be happy to be Madonna's sister. I think I'd be surprised if she came on and said we've a really good relationship and I'm just so happy for her. She's so good to me. And this was back I'd say this this uh, interview is like early nineties. So Madonna was in the fucking height of it. Like it was like you remember when it was like Madonna, Michael Don't Jackson. Cry for me, uh, t- oh well, the Michael Jackson interview in '93 was amazing. That's still the most watched interview ever. And you remember she was oh, really trying to. But again, what I loved about Oprah was, and you know, we'll probably get to like the recent controversy about Oprah in a minute. In in a minute, but. I guess the thing with Oprah, I felt she was always good at asking the provocative questions. I know people in recent years are like, "Mm, well, she's not really, if she likes a person, she gives them a bit of an easy ride. But in that Michael Jackson interview, she really presses him on whether or not he's a virgin. Like, she's just mad to know, like the rest of us. And he's like, I'm a gentleman. Like, he refuses to budge. But it's actually, it's great. Yeah. I liked actually... um... The one with the one of like a recent one was the one with Lance Armstrong. Oh yes, yeah, very good. Yeah, that's another great one. Because I think it, it, it's that great mix of he came he came out of that happy and yeah. he thought he'd done a good job, but she still made sure to show him for the absolute prick that he was. Yeah, yeah. But you see, that's what she's so good at is that I feel she does ask the big, you know, the the, the big questions, but she's so likable with it that yeah. you can't really feel, you know, you can't really feel hard done by. Like, I mean, some of the interviews, like the likes of Fergie, like she gave her way too much of an easy ride. Like when yeah. Fergie was going on about, oh, myself and Diane, I was so sad because we hadn't spoken for a while. But I think that probably is more to do with, you know, the way Americans in particular seem to have, like they really kind of revere the royals in a way. Yeah, I think they're twigging onto it now that nobody gave a fuck about Fergie and like 
just well it's you know, done I mean somebody a, said to me spokeswoman like let's just yeah. put the page, page no shame in it but like she's not royalty like, like well anyway, I'd say you know? I'd put her in kind of a first aid instructor character category <laughs> you know no I think you know few notions there Oh yeah, big stuff. Um, um, because actually, my mother sent me a link. It was either my mother or my auntie had sent me a link to. I think you sent it to me as well. Prince Andrew being spotted with Fergie somewhere. Oh yes, uh, I mean I didn't click in. I got this link. Fergie were packing um, charity fucking bags or shite and making yeah. sure that everyone knew. But like this was a, you know, it was get the pictures as well and so people were outraged like oh look at this fucking prick trying to crawl his way back into public life yeah I mean a a few a few people did a few people did send me that link I didn't click into any of the links but I kind of you know got the vibe but I do think yeah people are twigging do you remember actually another one as well do you remember Rihanna had the interview with Oprah after the whole thing with Chris Brown Oh, yes, yeah. And she was, was actually, sad. it was it was really, it was such a weird interview because you remember, because obviously she got back with Chris Brown as well. It was just, it really, it was kind of a disturbing watch because it was like she was almost not excusing what he did, yeah. but not fully condemning him. I think like if that happened even now, it would be a much bigger uh, reaction and I don't know if Chris Brown would have been able to have continued on with her career yes well I mean the, but the climate has changed now yeah oh I mean, yeah like that was probably still a time when like we're always banging on about the 90s and like you know the level of sexism misogyny all that but like you know, I know this would have been, but I mean, that would have been like, you know, obviously the noughties. But at the same time, like there was still that residual, like kind of hatred of women almost. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Did loads about uh, abuse. Like, Well, she did. Is- yeah, she did. Because remember, she like there were a few things like the old Oprah's as well. Like we were saying before that it's I mean, I would just love if they literally put all I think it was like 4,500 episodes or something she did. I'd yeah. love like just to get all those episodes up on YouTube. Then do you remember in the early I think it was the early 90s. She did that episode after I think Rodney King and the LA riots. Yeah. And she, it was that was when she actually had announced that she had been sexually abused. And then they brought in, I don't, don't know what the bill was actually for specifically, but it was something to do with like child abuse and protecting kids. And it was nicknamed the Oprah bill because when she said like, I think it was like 93 or something, when she said about having been sexually abused as a child, it kind of opened up like this whole conversation about it. But sure, didn't she give birth then when she was 14? When she was 14, yeah. And the uh, baby died. Yeah. And I think, because she talked about, you know, the way she talks about the fact that she was in Mississippi with her grandmother until she was six. And then she moved to Milwaukee. And she, because not so long ago, she did this like life lesson thing with Oprah a few years back. And she yeah. said that when she gave birth, and she's always been, like she, you know, wouldn't go into the details of like who, you know, the father of the child was. But she yeah. said, you know, when I gave birth and the baby was premature, it was a boy and it died. And she was sent to live with her dad in Nashville, Tennessee, and that the dad yeah. said to her, this is your second chance. I know. I remember that. Like, yeah. It's like basically saying it to her, like, you just got a lucky break. But yeah. she knew exactly what he was saying. Like, isn't isn't that just so insane that the her giving birth and the baby dying was the like the best thing that ever happened to her? Yeah, I, well, it says a lot about kind of, you know, where, where she was at as well. And like the background, yeah. like she came from that people would view this as a lucky break. Yeah, that she had a chance to, uh, like to. 
And I, and I think with Oprah, you know, oftentimes like she'll be speaking to like, again, you know, I would say like my favorite episodes would be those where, she, where she's talking to like ordinary people about terrible things. Yeah. But like on occasion, you'll have, you know, some very privileged, like a, a kind of upper middle class guest saying things like, like my dad used to make me go outside and wait at the bus stop a week before school started just to make sure I was on time every day that was so humiliating and she would just come in with it yeah I know when I was sexually abused as a child like she she just always comes in with that okay sorry let's just put this in context here with the fe- the husband or he's not her husband what's his name dad made oh. me stand at that bus stop every What's what's Oprah's name? Is it Sedmond or something? Sedmond is her fella, yeah. Yeah, he was actually slagging her about it before. He's like, uh, I don't know, she, she when she hit however much money, or you know, she made made it onto whatever list. He basically said, "Well, he can't be banging on about being that little poor girl anymore." <laughs> oh, so funny! I know, I know, but she's but you see that. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's what I love about Oprah is that every now and again she does soft though. Let me let me just wheel this out just for a second. Yeah. Okay, so my my grandmother used to beat me. Okay, yes. Okay, your your mother enrolled you on Weight Watchers when you were seventeen. You're still upset about it. My mother used to my mother used to beat me. I was made sleep outside on the porch. I like that when she's interviewing somebody. You know, every so often she kind of she just. She totally throws the whole I'm an interviewer thing to the side and she just goes, what were you thinking? Why? But that's what I love is that she's us. I know. I just fucking love it. I do love the the bad ones and the abuse ones and like the three kids who were like treated like, you know, apples and my kids are feral. Yeah, yeah. No, I I do love all of them. And I I do think, I do think as well... there was a, a married couple and um, so they're married for a few years and basically what happened was he ended up coming out as gay and she and she came out as a lesbian yeah yeah that was a good one I thought well that no was... like, that's nice you know you'd crack you'd start off with that one maybe and then you'd get into you know the um the basketball coach who kind of took a fella in as like an adoptive son and there was a big huge court case and everything and I think she really did a lot to tackle um child sex abuse and this kind of thing of like you know it's not like it's somebody trusted they're skilled at it so they make it feel well she she didn't she did an awful lot yeah she did an awful lot to dispense with this whole because I think especially in America as well like during the 70s and 80s there was this I was going to say myth of stranger danger but it's not that it's a myth but generally sexual predators were depicted as like this strange man who comes along and you know asks you to get in his car but certainly in the 90s and especially when she did you know say about her own experience uh, she like she was fantastic at making people kind of reassess situations like there was that episode with the kid who killed his uh his abuser when he was 16 and he yeah, got a suspended that. sentence and no more than that she was saying like she kind of used it as an opportunity to say like again like this this is typical of how somebody ends up in an abusive situation. Do you remember that one who came out and said she had the sexual relationship with her dad, John Phillips? He was in Mamas and Papas. And she's actually Bijou Phillips. I don't know if you know her. She's like that model actress. But she oh, said yeah. this one. I think I'll just look up her name. Mackenzie was her name. And yeah. she came out and she was like, yeah, I had like this. Basically, she met at her father as an adult and they started this like sexual relationship mm-hmm. and I can remember she came over and she did something like I think it was Pat Kenny or something and I just remember watching it with my aunties and they were like what sorry having a sexual relationship with your father and I was like no you need to watch the Oprah okay you need to watch the Oprah you need to learn okay. about grooming yeah <laughs> 
you need to watch the Oprah aunties. Yeah. But it was just it, like she was brilliant at kind of, I guess, looking at those really controversial topics, but doing it in a really classy way. Like, yeah, not, yeah. it never felt exploitative. No, because I remember, do you remember then when she introduced Dr. Phil and he actually was good on that because he'd do things about, you know, how to spot a liar or a narcissist or, you know, all these kind of things. And everyone be having these eureka moments in the audience, like nearly fucking collapsing. And um, then he went on to the Zalem show and it was like, you know, I st- well, I, you know, I dip into Dr. Phil, but it got fairly trashy fairly quickly. But sure, he wouldn't. He has a career because of Oprah. And he, she, yeah, you were sorted. And I think that's, yeah, and Dr. Oz is kind of like a poor man's Dr. Phil, isn't he really, which is saying something. I have an issue with Dr. Oz wearing the scrubs because I just feel it's similar to Dirty John. I don't know if you listen to that podcast or watch the Netflix where you're one... You know, and she's like, oh, you know, so like every time we went on a date, he would turn up in his scrubs. So I figured, yeah, like he's a doctor, you know, story checks out. Like there's no reason for Dr. Oz to be in the scrubs. And Dr. Phil, trashy pretty quickly, like liked him pre-Britney. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, the real thing that winds up most people, especially my mother, I think she kind of becomes irate is when Phil goes to Robin in the audience. Oh, but they got divorced, didn't they? No, I doubt it. I I'm going to do that. be able to divorce I him. Thought, but I just, what annoys me about exactly that the thing with, now, you know, the thing with Dr. Phil and the whole, uh, you know, like, it, I think there was some episode of Oprah and like a couple around there, like, we never have sex. And again, he just points out the obvious, like, you know... That's- you know, did you ever think maybe she's too tired? And everyone's like, Woo! <laughs> Say it! You're going to school. You got three kids. You're working. Could you just be tired? And everyone's like, Woo! Dr. Phil. Like, it's just like, sorry, do you have a medical degree? Yes. <laughs> I think he got it in one of those colleges that you see in Dublin with the Euro signs above the door. But they had one couple on before, a married couple who weren't having much sex, right? And they're just like, what are you going to do? So they said about having sex every single day for uh, 30 days or something. Oh my God, I just, I need to lie down (laughs) even thinking about that, Emma. And then they got them on the show. They're just like real normal couple and they're real coy, okay? And Oprah's like, oh, so y'all went off and had sex every day. So y'all, where we got this train? You know, all this fucking shit. But they were like, yeah, it, it worked, you know? We just had, we just kept doing it every single day. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And your one was just like the wife was pure like stereotypical librarian. <laughs> Jesus. I know, and I think that's something. I think that's even now it's gonna think about this. Her and fucking Billy are every day. Oh my god, can you imagine? But I think... break sometimes just to make sure they squeeze it in. Like Yo. <laughs> straight. <laughs> the end of it. So you, you feel like this is how y'all's relationship? You're like, yeah, like, actually, has yeah. I, I And you know what? It's you, you would sometimes wonder about these couples that come on, and she's like, I just don't want to have sex with him. And your man's sitting there, and you're like, how are they going to go home and like do their weekly shop in their Walmart? Oh, and I say, know. hi, Bill. Hi, Tim. Like I know, it's just you know, from a small town. He touches me, and I recoil, Doctor. Fi- I actually, I feel <laughs> physically sick. Is that normal? I just don't want him to touch me ever. I, I feel the sick come up in my mouth, and I hold, I hold it in my mouth. 
with a handkerchief. Cause I love him. I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna throw up on him. I love him. I was wild. I follow that moment. <laughs> I, just to clarify, Shakara, Robin, and Doctor Phil are not getting a divorce. Or maybe I dreamed it. Is this like the fucking Easter Bunny movie? Did it happen in that? I think it was the same dream with the Easter Bunny movie, and it's also the same dream where you talked about Winona Ryder winning the Oscar. <laughs> My dreams are so fucked up at the moment. I've had the other night. Now, sorry, did you see what I just put up on Instagram? I'd say a half an hour ago, I put up a picture of myself looking bored and the caption was, when somebody starts to tell me about their dream. I know, I'm not going to tell you about it. I tell Shane, he's just like, oh, this is fucking brilliant. Um, but I haven't got an anxiety dreams in so long and I woke up at seven and I was like, what am I getting over for? Nothing's happening. Go back and have a little dose for yourself. A lovely little dose. Horrific dreams. Like just pure anxiety dreams. I, I like, think oh when God. you're dozing, they're always the worst dreams. Oh, I don't know. Like I, you know, I'd get the classics like teeth falling out of your head, you know, try to scream, can't scream, all those good standard ones you know leaving syrup blah 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 but it was just a litany it was just like fucking it just didn't stop coming the dreams I had a very vivid terrible dream the um couple of days because where I broke the screen on my phone and I woke up and I was like oh thank god my phone's grand but previous to that I'd also had a dream where I think everyone I loved and held dear had died of COVID-19 and I have oh, to say the one with the phone was the one where I was like oh thank god yeah but well I mean if if the, if the COVID-19 one happened I mean you'd definitely get on the late late wouldn't you I know well surely at this stage I mean but you never know though either yeah I think at this stage there are no guarantees and but of course our Oprah we probably should talk as well about the recent controversy in relation to Oprah just to kind of give a balanced the first controversy that she had that I'm aware of anyway was the whole beef thing yes in 98 when she went with the mad cow disease and she basically just said to people don't eat beef well, she did. Yeah, she said, I'm not eating a burger ever again. Yeah. So a lot of people weren't. And she went to court and everything, didn't she? She went to court. And actually, interestingly, for that season, they had to film it in Texas because that's where the trial was. And that's yeah. when she started getting Dr. Phil on and the rest is history. But she was found like she was found not guilty. But I would have to say, like, I would imagine her words, now obviously, you know, I'm not saying she should have been held like legally culpable, but like I would say she turned a lot of people off burgers because such is her, like she's a political force, like she's massive sway. But even like I remember just little things like if you got on Oprah's book list for that month or whatever, you were fucking sorted. You were going to be like, you know, in the bestsellers list for the next year and I'd always I wonder now I'm like did those people pay for this like were was there people paying for the spots or you know what I mean was there stuff on there that wasn't like clearly labeled as product placement but there was money changing hands you'd wonder wouldn't you yeah I mean you would really but she kind of weathered that anyway and that was all fine and then I suppose more well, more recently, and kind of an ongoing thing is from the black community kind of saying to her, Why the fuck are you always on it? Yeah, well, I think like there were a few, well, the also the my or the Neverland was that the name of that documentary? Right, yeah, they, Leaving their, Neverland, yeah. Well, I guess because do you remember she had a little fall a couple of months back? She was in LA and she fell over. And at some, I think was she was doing some tour thingy and she fell over on stage and then all the memes and the jokes started and like Snoop Dogg went okay. up and she was saying, he was saying, oh, basically something like that Kobe, Kobe came along and blew a gust of wind balance. And then 50 Cent made a joke, or it must have been like Michael Jackson's ghost that knocked her over. 
And she then came out because remember she came out in defense of Gail King, the best buddy, when she had that in she did that interview after the death of Kobe Bryant, where Gail was seen as kind of I guess she was criticized at the time because she brought up um previous rape allegations against Kobe with a friend of his. And people yeah. felt that she people felt that it wasn't the right time and that she was kind of too pushy with that line of questioning. And then I suppose Oprah was probably, I would say, guilty by association there. Because do you remember then in some other interview, Oprah was saying, you know, Gail isn't doing good, like she's getting death threats. And I suppose I so she I think Gail is like her fucking ride or die bitch. So oh, I don't Yeah, think of course. That's would I I don't think there's anything that Gail would do where Oprah wouldn't try and make it better or lend some sort of support well I mean like they're like I mean they go way back to the early 80s don't they and they see like I I understand people being upset about that and you know the timing of it and you know just even like being in bad taste but at the end of the day like she didn't kill him. Like, no. You know, and it is part, of, like, don't get me wrong. I, just, you know, me, even though I'm a gentle soul, I'll be the first to give out about what somebody is saying. But people are allowed to say stuff. Well, I mean, you especially know? in the States where it's all freedom of speech and, you know, yeah. like as in the power of the press and all that, that I think, you know, I mean, I suppose it's the thing of like, whether you agreed with her or not and like whether you thought the interview was very uncomfortable or not like I guess ultimately like the likes of first of all Oprah wasn't the one conducting the interview yeah and also she's not going to turn exactly that Emma like she's not going to turn her back on her mate but she she really was vilified for that and actually Snoop Dogg was quite he was quite vocal on it because do you remember he put up a picture of her and Harvey Weinstein and like somewhere in the oh, in the caption yeah. he had like fuck you, fuck Gail and free Bill Cosby. Do you remember this? Oh, okay. Because yeah. So like I mean if you were team Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Just a little bit. I'm showing everything out of there, we Snoop. I know Ludacris. Do you remember when he was in that film Crash? I don't know if you remember that film. It was actually a great film. Oh, right, okay. But he was in that film and obviously he was a rapper or whatever. And he had said at the time that he had issues with Oprah because she was giving out to him about the lyrics and hip hop songs. And she, her defense was, well, yeah, because actually I think they kind of demean women. And he was kind of using it as an example of, and I think Snoop Dogg and 50 Cent they would have referenced that as well, that they reviewed her as kind of anti-hip-hop. And she was like, I'm not anti-hip-hop. She's been accused of that for kind of a long time. She's like, no, I'm just anti-anything that demeans women with yeah. the lyrics and stuff. Well, what I will say is every time I'm out recently, all I have in my head is ludicrous. Move, bitch, get out the way. Like, that's a great song. Oh, I mean, Minor. he does have a few boppers, doesn't he? I mean, to be honest, like, part, part, I, I, I'm upset that 50 Cent would be anti-Oprah, but I'm also, if Party yeah. in the Club comes on, forget it. Like, my fidelity to Oprah goes out the window. I'm shaking it. Battles with a bud. I Mama, I'm... that's what you need. <laughs> As for candy shop, I mean, seriously, like some chairs are going to get flung over. Take you to the candy shop. I like the way like it's just, oh, yeah, if you if you could just infantilize your voice even more, that would be great. Just for the female vocal, if you don't mind. Thank you. <laughs> know the way she'd get fucking Beyonce on and all this shit. Oh, and she's doing the dance with Beyonce. Yeah, oh, yeah. So she, the one thing. L. Oprah cannot do to save her life is sing. She hasn't. But, she's, but do you remember when she sang? They let her. Obviously, nobody's yeah. going to say no to Oprah when it's the Oprah movie, and they let her sing the song. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure at one stage they let her sing with Aretha Franklin. Aretha Franklin. And they let her. They let her sing on some Tina Turner show as well. And you're just like, somebody tell her no. She's no rhythm and she can't sing. 
Like she can do a lot of things. Like she can give away cars like fucking nobody's business. <laughs> Which is not an easy thing to do, to be honest. Like, that's tricky. I mean, it's a big audience. But you see, Gail should have said to Oprah a long time ago, I love you, but you can't sing. I know. So I think you'd wonder about the friendship there. Is is Gail doing her solid? Well, you'd always, look, you'd always feel because she is, I mean, a one woman empire. You'd always feel that Gail was doing a little bit better out of the friendship. Yeah, but then I'm sure Oprah has plenty to go around. And obviously all she has now, not all she has now, but she does her old magazine still, doesn't she? And she's the old channel. The YouTube channel has gone to the absolute shits and both of us aren't. Well, I think. Tom bits that keep whacking up all the time. Nobody wants it. I don't. Well, maybe but the, they do, but I, I think, don't. I'll be honest. I think come the mid-90s, that's kind of when Oprah's... Now, she wasn't fully there, but certainly for the noughties, forget it. Like, it was all, like, spirituality and mindfulness and the secret. Yeah. And in order to claim it, you have to name it. Like, it was all very Jerry, Jerry Halliwell like, you know, tarot card reader, you know, angels, that kind of crack, like the angel network. I just remember coming home from school in the late 90s, looking forward to my Oprah, and it would be a fecking angel network special. Oh, oh Jesus. Worse. Yeah, and yeah. about your destiny and your whatever. I'm just like, oh, my God. Tell us, yeah. about, tell us about the abuse in that family. Just I want, can we just go music. back to the episode with the woman who, like, you know, still lives in the house and is still married and visits her husband in prison, even though he killed their three kids in the house. And they show on the video, like, the tour. And she's like, so this is where the kids were killed. And you're like, what? And like, this seems to be some kind of like normal woman, but yet is still living in this gaff. It's like, yeah, I visit him once a week. Like, you know, we're still married. You know, everyone makes mistakes. That's the content I want. Not, you know, Angel Network. (laughs) And that woman, is she working as a first aid instructor? Oh, you know it. First aid instructor, Wave Watchers leader. And all the rest. I was telling Fred the last time I went to Slimming World, obviously pre-pregnancy, even though part of me is upset that like the lockdown is happening. Because I'd love to go back to my old Slimming World group and be like, I've just put on so much weight. My periods have stopped. Like, I don't know what's going on. But... That would fucking make their day. They'd be like, oh my God, look at her fat bitch. They're like, are you following the plan? That was always the, you're not following the plan. Oh yeah, I'm fucking following the plan. I loved my group. I loved it so much. But I I remember the last time I went, which was obviously way before I got pregnant, but I said to Fred, <laughs> I think the day I was done was, you know, they weigh everyone. So, so there were 10 of us. Yeah. 10 of us and we'd all put on weight and everyone still got a clap. And I was like, what is the fucking point, guys? I mean, first of all, if you're going to be weighing somebody, you need to weigh them first thing in the morning after their morning shit. I mean, that's what you need to do. But do we want to invite the group into our bathroom for that moment? (laughs) I just don't know if I want them sleeping over so they can weigh me after my morning shit. They they can only weigh you um, like five days when your period clear. Like when you've yeah, no, it was too limited, but I just... Not retaining any fluids. Let's just fucking weigh me now. I've done a massive shit. <laughs> Seven and a half. But it was just, yeah, no, I just think when you get applause for putting on weight, you're like, oh, come on. <laughs> three and a, you see, your goal was two pounds, GDK. You're three and a half pounds up. But look, you're here. That's the main thing. Yeah. Girls, girls, serving clap. Oh, so hang on, were you in Slimming World? Yeah. And you get a plan, an eating plan. You get, well, I mean, I will say, do you know what's, you know what's great about Slimming World? The recipes are brilliant. So if you join, the recipes are like really, really good. So I got great ideas from the recipes. And like the whole model does make sense. Like that half your plate should be veg or salad. Yeah, that's fair enough. Do you know what I mean? It is fair enough. I don't know, it's not brand new. Somebody was telling me about it that you go and there's like eight meetings and they basically just talk at you 
Um, Ooh, what's that one? Talking. It's some sort of slimming thing. <laughs> it's, uh, and you have, they give you a wristband or whatever. But it's like you go for these talks and it's like an hour and a half, two hours. Is it like Kabbalah? Some... Is it a red string wristband? Is it a red string bracelet? No, no, it's not. It's not. But it's all about, it's more to do with your your mental relationship with food. But I mean, that's they, what they, it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, they, they first, um, I don't know if it's the first week or two weeks or something, like they just want you to focus on this, like don't start exercising or anything like that. It's all about food, food, food. But somebody was telling me about it anyway, and they were fucking like obsessed, loved it. I think it's, it's six weeks or eight weeks or something. I don't know what it's called. But I mean, it is, you see, that's the thing that it is just about your mental relationship with food. Like, I mean, I like, you know, I mean, I just eat my feelings, eat when you're stressed, eat when you're down. It's like, it's, it's just, it's just changing that thought process in relation to food. Yeah. It's like smoking. Which is easier said than done. You, you smoke when you're bored, you smoke when you're stressed, when you're excited, when you're hungry, when you're full, like. You and that's, a, yeah. You know, um, Mark Maron, when I was supporting him, name drop, but I was in the green room with him and he had like, he had all healthy food and he had like these little, you know, carrots and hummus. And I was eating them and like, sure, I'd had my dinner. Like I was completely satisfied, completely full. And I was like, God, I don't even know why I'm eating these. I'm not even hungry. And he was just like, because it feels good. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds like that sounds like a prelude to something. Mark Marion's like, it feels good. <laughs> How far did this relationship go? <laughs> I just say nobody had kind of said it to me in that blank way of like, oh, yeah, that's, you just eat because it feels good. Yeah. That it, does be, it does feel fucking good though, doesn't it? I can't wait now to bring myself an El Sambo after this conversation. So, of course, speaking of weight, do you remember the, the most watched episode ever, of course? Do you remember when she came out with the Wagon of Fat, Oprah? The Wagon of Fat? She had a Wagon of Fat and she was like, this is how much weight I lost. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus, do you remember when she lost absolutely fucking shitloads? And she, lo- she, she just didn't look like herself. She did. She actually didn't. I know well, everyone says she's yeah. looking so she well, though. Great, she looks great now. Oh, she looks yeah. absolutely brilliant. And she dresses hair, so well. Yes. Yeah. The hair, she, everything. Like it got to a certain point where she always looked well, though. The outfits, the hair. I thought she always looked well. Like the yeah. Early, the early ones where she's wearing all the boxy suits. Yeah, of course, she didn't look great, but nobody fucking did, to be but honest. But that was like, just the time. Yeah, sure, we yeah. were all going around in our corporate suits for confirmations. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the fucking hats, those confo those pictures are just fucking insane. But um, I don't know, what did you wear for your confirmation? I wore, um, you, you know, the picture I, I have, which is now my profile picture. <laughs> I know, I meant to say to you. That was day. me and my confirmation. And I had this really cool three. I I had this lovely pinstripe suit. Yeah. And I paired that with kind of knockoff Timberland boots. Mm. So I was all ready to party down below, but I was also ready for a bit of business up top. Sounds like you're just pretty much ready for like manual work or. Whatever you want me to do. If you want me in the office, I'll do it. If you want me driving that digger, I can do that too. Mix cement, I'm here. What was yep. your confirmation outfit? So my confirmation outfit was... By the way, I, was... I feel you only asked me that question because you've been waiting 100 <gasps> episodes for me to ask you about your confirmation That's outfit. Really... Now go. No, it's really boring. I had a short-sleeved um, little checky kind of shirt. And then I had purple but they're very dark purple trousers that I quite liked and then I teamed that up with a pair of a less canvas shoes so I basically looked completely different to everyone else and uh, I went for a completely different theme and I remember a girl in the line asking me about my LS I'd actually wear them now they were kind of like I suppose 
this was like when vans and stuff were kind of popular. Yes. Like these less canvas. Real mid-90s moments. Yeah, I'd actually fucking love them now. And they'd still fit me because I didn't grow after my confirmation. Like nothing, not even my fucking tits. But uh, a girl called Leanne were in the line coming back in. And this is obviously the day we wore our confirmation rig out. And she's like, is that your confirmation outfit? I was like, yeah. And she's like, are they like, are they runners or what are they? I was like, yeah, like run it. And I felt like fucking shit. Well, so Leanne, fuck you, Leanne. Fuck you. Oh, and then she she started. Uh, I one day I wore pigtails, and she's like, why why do you have pigtails in your hair? I was like, oh well. I just felt like fucking switching it up, like. Okay, so do you know what? I would say she had the same feelings about you as you did about Amy, which we've discussed <laughs> in the previous episode. Like, she wanted to be you. That's the only explanation. Oh, I don't what think a little it's asshole. Do you know what? I look back at school and I just yeah. think, it's so funny. Like, even now and again, like, you see the odd person from your, a ghost from Christmas past <laughs> liking something on Instagram. And you're like, you were a fucking bitch to me. I know. So many of them. Fuck <laughs> off. Like, seriously. I just want to, you know, every now and again, I want my father Ted and now for the liars moment <laughs> on Instagram live. I know that I'm just I'm actually what's going to happen to me now is two months down the line I'm going to like just cop I'm like right I'm never getting back to stand up I'm going to like it's over it's done I'm going to learn some new trade I'm going to do something new I'm going to go online in the middle like two o'clock in the morning when I'm absolutely hammered and I'm just going to fucking explode and I'm going to go at everything Judy because there's a lot of stuff. I see stuff and I start saying effing and Jeff about it. And Shane's like, this is the kind of shit you need to be saying online. And I was like, I can't say this stuff. I can't let people know. And this is also why you can't listen to Shane. I want you to call me every time Shane tells you you need to say this on Twitter. I want you to call me first. <laughs> it's the kind of shit that we talk about, but he wants me to put it out there in a public forum. I know, like every now and again, you would, you know, you would love to talk the talk, walk the walk and just say, you know what? Here's some <laughs> bullet points that I want to share. But you can't. You can't. You're full of shit. You're full of shit. You're full of shit. You're full of shit. I know for a fucking fact you're full of shit. I have the evidence to prove it. And you're fucking full of shit. Oh, you're just supporting women in comedy, are you? Fuck off. You're full of shit. <laughs> you fucking hate women. You hate them more than anybody, you fucking, fucking cunt. You once called me a fucking bure. So go fuck yourself. <laughs> but we can't, Judy. But the good news is we cannot and we will not. Um, Yes, that's over our mate. We never referenced her school, of course, in South Africa. There was a bit of controversy about the school as well. But I did feel for Oprah because obviously her intentions were good. But I guess with something that big, you're not going to be able to control all the elements. I think that's and I think that's a problem for a lot of people that have uh, charities and shit like that. You know, they kind yeah. of grow. And you're you're dependent on the, like every single person in that organisation being know, decent. Every, and unfortunately, every, yeah. And unfortunately, it's just it just doesn't happen. But we do we do love her. Like we love she. You know, went back to the trashier stuff. But judging by own, I think like remember when own started, it wasn't it wasn't well received. I think it did a bit better then. The YouTube has totally gone to shit. I just like people just want the trash. I know, I know, that's just what we want. We just want my kids are feral. I'm afraid my seven-year-old will kill me. Like, that's that's my what we want. As a boy, when I was, you know, when I was born a girl, just because she wanted a boy. You know, that kind of stuff. I slept with my mother for 15 years in the same bed, whatever, whatever. whatever. That's just what we want. <sighs> I know, but I understand her journey and she's moved away from it and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. 
My goodness. Uh, if anyone understands our, her journey, it's us. It's it's fucking us because I think we. I mean, the longer this goes on, like the more spiritual we're getting. Look at us talking about our confirmation outfits, as if you haven't, as if you haven't turned your back on God. Ah, uh, no, that's I've completely turned my back on that now. See you I got later. Pretty much after I got the money. That was me done with the whole thing. Well, I didn't take the pledge because even then I was like, no, I just want to give myself a few options here. To, yeah, I didn't want to take the pledge. All I wanted to take it till 16. My dad made me take it to 18. And then the, one of the first things I did after my confirmation was me and Isabel Brennan went and had a smoke. The rest is history. That was really <laughs> that was really the start of your career, wasn't it? Yeah. That's Come here. Oh, the, the movie. Before we go, we need yeah. to mention what's happening in terms of the podcast. Yes, the podcast is continuing on. It's all lovely and beautiful. There'll be one episode here for anyone, anywhere in the world who wants to hear it, and then there's going to be another episode on our Patreon. Yes, so we're going to do what we were saying we were going to do was, and thank you so much as well to everyone who signed up, even though we haven't been mentioning the Patreon, we've had a few people sign up, a couple who have been ridiculously generous. So we sent a message out just to everyone today, um, because I know, you know, we probably haven't been on to the patrons for a while. So we just sent a message out to everyone today. And just to say as well that we're going to be doing an extra episode once a week. So it's going to be for patrons only. So it's going to be for people who are supporting us on Patreon. And it's three euro a month. So if you give three euro a month, you get this extra episode that we're going to be doing. It's going to be coming out every Thursday, I think, Ems. Yes, so regular episode is out on a Tuesday. And that'll be free. That's still available. Yeah, and the bonus episode is on a Thursday. That is the plan. And it's going to be called... This too shall pass. So we had this idea. We thought, you know, obviously this is a really shit time for a lot of people. And, you know, it is... You know, it's, it's What we tried to do was we tried to pitch... <laughs> submit to the big dogs to get a bit of mo. We didn't yeah. want to ask we for the try, big yeah. They asked for ideas. We sent them in. <laughs> good idea after good idea after good idea. This was our favourite. They said no. So what we're doing now is we're saying, okay, we're going to roll with it anyway and we're taking it straight to the people because we think you're going to love it. So our idea was we were going to call it This Too Shall Pass. Yes. And the idea is, is that because this is a bit of a shit time, obviously, in the you know, for a lot of people in the world at the moment, we're looking back at times which were a little bit tricky for celebrities. So we're looking at celebrity scandals. Um, yeah. Our message is if you Grant can get past that blowy. We can get past this. OK, we're going to be positive. We're moving forward. We're focusing on scandals from the past. That other, obviously, I was going to say other celebrities as if we're celebrities, but celebrities have survived. They've lived That's to tell the tale. Oprah's journey, it's us. <laughs> Oprah's journey, it's us. Hugh Grant's journey, it's us. It's our story. So we're going to do that. We're looking at a celebrity scandal once a week on Patreon. And this week, we're going to look at good old... Kimmy. Before she was Kimmy. Kim Kardashian and that tape. Yeah. So we're going to look at that. So that was our idea, basically, is just to look at kind of shit times celebrities had and how they pulled through. And we kind of thought it was positive That's and genius. Beautiful. Yeah, we, we thought God. it was genius. Big... They were like, no. We'll uh, stick with Blind Boy. Thank yeah, you. We have Daryl. Thanks. Catherine's still doing a fucking show. She's still knocking around. Uh, we were just having a laugh when we asked you to submit stuff. Not a I mean, and do you know what? I think yeah, the main thing for us is that, you know, we're going to have to crack with it. It's something a bit different. It's for three euro a month. If you fancy, you know it's going to be an extra episode you know what, a week. No, I don't even want to go into RT anyway, because it seems like everyone that goes in there is getting the coronavirus anyway. It doesn't seem yeah. to be any hygiene. So there, well, etc. I prefer I my own microphone. And the rest. 
I tell you that much. So yeah, look, I don't think I think we have planned not to name the pe- the the corporation who rejected us, but you can probably read between the lines. Like we haven't obviously said it explicitly, but um, forty you know. fucking lab. There you go. But yeah, it's a look. Weird. Can let weird. me get email and say. <laughs> Do you know what? Shane's right. You should be saying this stuff online. So look, we are going to have to crack with it and we think it's a brilliant idea. And Shane thinks it's a great, great idea. Or does he? Yeah, I'm Fred thinks it's a great idea. Uh, we I've haven't said, said it to yeah, Shane. He said you should do that, yeah. <laughs> and do you know what? That's all that matters. So pre-episode yeah. obviously it's going to happen once a week regular up to 90 and then if you're into a bit of celebrity scandal this too shall pass available for three euro a month you're going to get four episodes a month and it's going to be on patreon yeah and we love you even if you don't sign up no worries nobody's under any pressure especially at the moment still love you still love you still love you i've been sheeny J. i've been emma Dorn. god bless this podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.